what's up? And welcome back to another episode of the Super Nintendo Bros Podcast, where I'm pretty sure I lead off with a different intro every fucking two weeks. I'm here for it. It's okay. I know I haven't used that one before. <laughs> Speaking of here for it, the man who is here for it, joining me today is the guy who puts the bro in Super Nintendo Bros. That is my good friend, Michael Bonner. Hey, Raj. How you doing today? <laughs> you know, I like, instead of, uh, don't wrong, I love the guy the guy who puts bro in Nintendo Bros. The, I like the guy who's here for it as well. Right? That is a good tagline. <laughs> I'm the guy who's here for it. them and just like use both. <laughs> I'm the guy who's here for it that is the bro in <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just talk for an hour and a half by myself. I'm sure the listeners would love that. Let me get Jed Bowser. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> And that's when ratings <laughs> crashed. Actually, I'm pretty sure the Jed Bowser episode probably did like 10,000 times better than the actual Jed episode. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. And as far as listens are concerned, because I do specifically remember, by the way, we're talking about my old podcast, Gears of Gaming, which we were both heavily involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jed was on an episode of Gears of Gaming, it was the... Episode two. It was episode two. It was the lowest, uh, lowest episode in terms of listens. That is uh, a fact. Out of all 100... I think they were like 127 episodes, I want to say, by the end of the day. Yeah, it was, was a lot. lot. There yeah. was a lot. <laughs> before, we, before we finally realized, okay, we're done making mediocre content about video <laughs> games. Let's make uh, let's make uh, better than mediocre content about Nintendo. Dude, I love this show. Like, I've had a lot of people be like, I love, I love the conversation. I love the conversational flow. It just, it, it's easy to get involved in. It's a lot like... Uh, post-game content right. which is doing really well too so i mean just i like this flow i'm happy i think a lot of it has well. to do with the one-on-one aspect that both shows tend to go for in most of their episodes it's true and by most of their episodes i mean for for this show i know post-game content you guys are always just a two-man team it's true but uh, speaking of multi-man teams uh we will be having another one of those episodes coming up here pretty soon uh usually i try to record this evergreen so you don't know when we're actually recording because you know <laughs> It like would make more sense. Stay alive. The mystery is dead for this episode. It is. Uh, we, we we are like five <laughs> days from Christmas. Michael and I are sitting here in the studio, sipping on some hot coffee from uh, from the Joe sponsor us. <laughs> Shout out the Joe sponsor us, please. Thank you, Bex. Can you put some? Uh, Bex, I know you're listening. At least I hope you're listening. You're our social media liaison. Um, can you put a word in somebody's ear over at the Joe to, to sponsor us? <laughs> Love you, Bex. <laughs> She will she, never listen to this episode, therefore she will never respond she to might. that. She listens. Does she, she listens listen? to things, yeah. Good to hear. She's, good to hear. She's she's good. She's good. But yeah, it's uh, I'm happy to be back and I like the topic. So obviously I wouldn't be here if I didn't like the topic, but I think it's a I think it's one that's going to hit close to home to just about every listener because oh, obviously sure. if you're here because I mean, I feel like most of the listeners that listen to the show are probably like really old school like me that started with the NES SNES. And then a lot of them probably are the slightly younger crowd that came in with the GameCube. Yeah, I agree. So, with that. I, I, and that's actually what we're discussing today is the GameCube. And then we'll follow that up here in a couple of weeks with a re- end of 2022 wrap up slash 2023 preview, which uh, we'll hopefully get a nice, nice crew on for that one. That'll be a good episode. Oh, I'm for excited. sure. For sure. But let's focus on making this episode good, Roger. Let's uh, listen. Let's it already it. happened. You and I are here. Let's do it. We're rec- and you and we're I are here talking. There's already quality content right I'm here. ready. My body's ready. And we didn't even tell off the listeners today. It's true. Not yet. It might, <laughs> Be on it your might guard, listener. I have no problem telling you off. So Michael and I decided we wanted to talk about the Nintendo GameCube, which the GameCube is a special system to me. True. And I'm, I'm going to have some questions 
that I want to talk about with this uh, topic, but I also am really looking forward to like just free flowing, talking about like what we loved about the GameCube, our favorite, some of the games that we loved playing and, uh, you know, things like that, our memories with the GameCube. Uh, just to kind of introduce, I want to give uh, some kind of background information about the Nintendo GameCube for those of you which are not familiar with it. And if you're not, I'm not quite sure why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> because Fair, uh, fair. I, I like to assume <laughs> that most of our listeners are pretty, or at least know of the GameCube. So the Nintendo GameCube released in 2001 in Japan and the uh, in North America. Uh, North American launch was actually on November 18th, 2001. Originally, the system went under the code name Dolphin before eventually gaining the name of the Nintendo GameCube. Um, so, like I said, that launched in 2001. Uh, the system itself was known for its little teeny tiny discs, which have never been used again by any sort of media that I know of. Uh, they I don't think they're the same discs, but you had you can those tiny discs are used for other things in the computer. If you look, you know, like an old school disc tray, right. if you look at it, it has like the smaller circle underneath. So there yes. are there are smaller discs. But you're right. Uh, as far as like mainstream media is concerned, they were never used again and are now have now gone the way of the GameCube metaphorically. So <laughs> makes sense. Uh, the system was a pretty good seller. Uh, it sold a total of, I believe it was 21.75 million units worldwide. 12.94 uh, of that was in the United States, which was where it sold the best, or not necessarily the United States, but North America. Now, I did have a pretty small launch lineup. Uh, I'm going to bring up the, the list of launch games. I meant to have that up, but I'm a slacker. Uh, <laughs> most slacker. notably, it was the first Nintendo system to launch without a Mario title, technically. Mm. Because this like system, a Mario, uh, like mainline Mario or like Mario Kart or something like that. Right, exactly. So uh, this system instead launched with Luigi's Mansion, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, mm. Super Monkey Ball and Wave Race Blue Storm were the three, I would call it big titles. Uh, those were the ones that were Japan launch titles. And then when it launched in the United States on November 18th, 2001, I believe it was, I think it was, did I say one? Did I yeah, say two? 2001. Yeah, 2001. Yeah. Uh, was also joined by All-Star Baseball 2002, Batman Vengeance, Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Crazy Taxi. Uh, what a game that was. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dave Mira Freestyle BMX 2, Disney's Tarzan Untamed, because you can't tame that fucker. <laughs> Uh, Madden NFL 2002, oh my uh, NHL Hits 2002, let's go Pens, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader, which, best Rogue Squadron game, I think anybody can agree to that, and uh, the great Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Russ just popped a boner. Yeah, I, all I had to do was say Tony Hawk, and Russ is like, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the love for those games, but you know, more power to him. And I, when, I love that people right. love what they love. So. And when you say he just popped the boner, you don't just mean when he's listening to the episode right now. Like I said, the words Tony Hawk, and he heard me all the way in his house. <laughs> it, it is it's like, like a, it's supersonic the hearing for the word just, Tony Hawk. <laughs> like when Alderaan exploded, right. I sense a great disturbance in my boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russ, Bass, listen, I, I'm with you. I, lo I love Tony Hawk. Yeah, I like the it too. Tony Hawk games? I, I don't, oh, yeah. under, I don't except, like it as much as he likes it. Except but. for five. Fuck you, Tony Hawk five. <laughs> Game was not good. You gonna be all right, Roger? I think so. I think so. So, one of the first things I want to talk about here: when and how did you acquire your Nintendo GameCube, and why? Okay, so <laughs> funny story. If you know, if anyone out there is listening and you know me, you may also know my brother, Daniel. Daniel, 
I don't know how he got it, but he got a GameCube way before I did. We had a 64 that I was still stuck on, and it was like that classic. Two, can't afford the upgrade. So he was selling his body, let's be fair. Fair, probably. <laughs> that was uh, Daniel back then was just the biggest asshole. Like, he was <laughs> so mean. Like, he put tape down on our bedroom floor because we shared the attic, and he put tape down on the floor, and if I stepped on it or looked at the tape, he would just beat me senseless. Like, he was just a jerk. What a jerk. He was an asshole. I that's, but, your, that's your host of Waste Local <laughs> Fantasy Football, guys. <laughs> Hashtag emancipate <laughs> wasted a local. I love that. That was so funny, by the way. Thank you. Um, but anyway, so Daniel had gotten a GameCube, and the one game that he played, which I'm sure we'll talk about, he played it all the time, and it made me so jealous, and I just fell in love with the GameCube because of this, was the original Animal Crossing. And I wanted to play it so bad, and there was just no way that I could because he would not let me touch his GameCube at all in any capacity. I remember one time I snuck onto it and made a new save file. Oh, no. Um, and he got so mad and just was so mean about it. But anyway, eventually I saved up, bought myself one. I bought myself a silver one. He had the purple one. Um And the first game I bought was obviously Animal Crossing. And that just, like, opened the door for, for me because like it was my first system that I ever bought with my own money so that's why I like I have this emotional attachment to the GameCube I still have that GameCube and I have a black one now too um because I got it at a yard sale for like 10 bucks can't read that um but yeah so that's where my play started with the GameCube I had played a lot of the GameCube at a friend's house my first experience overall playing it uh was Metroid Prime 2 uh at my friend's house and, um, yeah, and obviously, like, Smash Brothers, things like that. Um, but I didn't get my own until later. So that's kind of where I started. So, yeah, I love I love the little bastard. I still have it downstairs in the box, and I will never get rid of it. So I acquired my GameCube a little unconventionally, I guess. You thief. Yeah, right? <laughs> so my dad, when I was a kid, they used to have auctions in Grafton. Mm. And he went to one of the one of the great Grafton auctions, I guess you want to call it that. The great Grafton. Yeah. Nothing in Grafton's ever been great, okay? And uh, they were selling GameCubes <laughs> that particular evening at the auction. And it wasn't like a super long time, I feel like, after it came out because I was definitely a junior in high school. I remember because I was uh, I was at work and he was like, hey, I'm at the auction over here in Grafton. They're selling these GameCubes for $100. Do you want one? I was like, yeah, I, I really do. Because at that time, like, I had always been the Nintendo guy growing up. But when we shifted to the gen after N64 PlayStation... I shifted with the PlayStation to the PlayStation 2. Um, and then it was, of course, I got that at launch. And then a little later on was when I had acquired that GameCube. So he grabbed me that. You know, it didn't have any games or anything with it. It was just a system. So I had to I had to go buy a game, you know, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind that. He bought the system. So why what was I? your first game? Super Smash Bros. Melee. All right. Yeah, all it was right. definitely I, Melee. Not mad about that. Um, of course, there wasn't a huge library there at the time yet either because the system had only been out for like four or five months. Because I remember I was working... I was working at a telemarketing place Ugh. at the time. I was a junior in high that school. Sucks. <laughs> Play, listen, when you get a job oh. that pays nine dollars an hour and you got a, a Disney uh, Disney trip coming up with your show choir, you need money for that's good money. 
It's true. Nine, that is true. Because I mean, listen, I didn't well, nine minimum wage back then was what, like five fifteen? Yeah, like, five fifteen. Good. <laughs> I was. Some of the listeners were like, wait, you took a job for nine dollars an hour when you were a junior in high school? What the hell? No, this was two thousand one slash two thousand two. That was, was a lot say, of money to a high school kid. I, my first job was working at a golf course for five fifteen an hour. Right. Like yeah. when I was in two thousand six. So yeah. So <laughs> at the time, that was that was some good money. Yeah. So I remember I bought. Uh, I I had some extra money after. You know, my, my payday. So I went out. My, my buddy drove me to Best Buy because we both work telemarketing. Grabbed Smash. I, uh, I remember Carter and an extra controller. And yeah, great. That was, I was going to say, that was that We was had a very good weekend. weekend. <laughs> and I, I feel like not too long after that, I bought another game. But I honestly, like, I can't remember what it was. Hmm. But to be fair, when you're up against, uh, man, if Ryan Turner were here right now, we'd, we'd have some <laughs> to be fair going on. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Um, when you're up against Smash, when that's like the launch title that you're grabbing, it's kind of hard to. Well, it's like what else you're playing. That game is one like you just don't compare things to. It's yeah. like I bought Smash Brothers and it's been fantastic. When I, then I was playing this, but then I went back to Smash and I played this and went back to Smash. Like it's you don't what, yeah. move on from that type. Of no, game. it's like it's it's Story like Mario games, Kart. It's like, things those, like that. Yeah, like Mario Kart Smash, you always go back to this. exactly. Yep. Which I was thinking about the other day because I was you know the morning I got up, I was playing Mario Kart Eight because they released the new uh, the new tracks on it. When did those come out? Uh, Wave Three came out. It was either a week ago or two weeks ago. Okay. And I was like, oh, new tracks. I guess I'm going to play Mario Kart this morning. You know, it's just one of those that I just come back to, like Smash. For sure. And Double Dash was, which we'll talk about Double Dash at some point in the episode. Obviously the same uh, the same idea there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my story of acquiring my GameCube. So that's like the first memory to me that popped up is obviously getting the system and playing it for the first time. And you know, having that that first full weekend with Smash, um, and I know obviously your your first memories definitely lie with Animal Crossing. It's a shame that your first memories, however, are of Daniel Daniel literally uh, <laughs> beating you to a pulp, and then saying, "Ha! Now you're gonna lay on your bed injured and watch me play Smash, uh, watch me play Animal Crossing, and you can't touch it." Oh no, he wouldn't even do that. He would make me stay on the other side of the room, and his TV was turned where I couldn't see it, and he would turn it up so I could only hear it. Oh, like he was—he was a dickhead. Like. Wasted local emancipation. <laughs> what a what a dick, Daniel. Come on, man. Let, Daniel's let Michael, a different person now, but man, he used to. Daniel a, is genuinely a very nice guy, ish. <laughs> ish. <laughs> no, Dan, Daniel. Daniel is a very nice guy. Uh, don't don't take us the wrong way. We just you know we give him shit because that's what we do around here. <laughs> that do be our way of I, life. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. So. After Animal Crossing, like, what's your favorite GameCube game? And I ask you this knowing full well the answer to this question. Yeah, I mean, my, my favorite GameCube game is Metro Prime 2 Echoes because it's, like, one of my favorite games Which of all I time. knew that was your answer. 90% of that is nostalgia. My f- experiences with Metroid have been fantastic. Like, every single Metroid game I have liked. There have been ones I don't like as much, but I like them all. Um but if you you listen to our previous episode on Metroid, I'm not going to jump into that. The other game for GameCube that I come back to this game like every six months to a year because I just love it so much. And I want a full remake on the Switch. They come, they've come close. And I, like I said, I still pull up my GameCube and I still play this game at least twice a year. And that is the first Pikmin. I love that game. It I was an early so adapter good. of Pikmin. Now, I never, I have not 
to this day beat a Pikmin game. What? I oh my never God. beat a Pikmin game. You know, I, I played a good bit of one. I don't think I ever played two. I think it's one that just kind of escaped me. And I played some of three on the Wii. It was it yeah, Wii U is when that came out. Yeah. And of course I played a little bit of the of the port of that on the Switch. But uh yeah, Pikmin's just not one that I ever poured a whole lot of time to. And mind you, I like Pikmin. And when I started to play Pikmin 3 on the Switch, I'm like, you know what, this is cool, but I really I, I kind of want to play Pikmin 1 and 2 first. Yeah. Which I don't think they really have connecting stories or anything, correct? The, it is a, it is one story. Um, however, it's not. The story is not, like, the central focus of it. My issue with the Pikmin franchise is, don't wrong, I've played them all. I love them all. Pikmin 1 is definitely the best Pikmin, and it's because the stakes are so high in that game. You're Captain Olimar, crash lands on the planet. He has to get parts of a ship back. You don't even have to get all of them. You just have to get enough to be able to make it out before your oxygen runs out in, I think, 30 days. So you have to get 30 ship parts in 30 days. And then in that's like that's a high-stakes mission. It's fun. It's, it's intense in a lot of parts. But the others are not as good because you're like... You go back to the planet to farm for to make your company rich in the second one. Um, you go back on the third one, like it's it's very similar to how um, one is, but it's a lot easier. There, I don't enjoy a lot of the new Pikmin types, but it, it spices up the game. I just want more of one. Right. I like the three Pikmin types. I like the puzzles that were in it. Keep the other it ones were just more all over the place. It's like what. What Max said about, and I brought it up in the Discord earlier, but what Max said about God of War, where it's like there's one central focus in the first one, and that makes the story flow really well to where you're always going back to climbing the mountain. Right. Um, Pikmin 1 was a lot like that. No matter what you did, you had one goal. And right. There are other side things you can do, but keeping the focus on the one main goal makes us makes the game a lot more interesting. Gotcha. Um, and I, I, I have a lot to say about that as far as God of War Ragnarok is concerned. <laughs> well, uh, but this we is can not, talk about that. This is not day. a Nintendo podcast. <laughs> sorry. This is not a PlayStation podcast, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. But yeah, Pikmin was my other game. That was like my second go-to. There's so many. Like, but Animal Crossing, um, Metroid Prime 2, and then Pikmin 1 were like the best. And ironically enough, Pikmin 2 is like one of the most... I shouldn't say hard to find, but it's a very expensive game if you can find it. Right, it's like almost a hundred bucks. Right, well, I feel like GameCube in general is a very that's a very expensive console to collect for. It is definitely Nintendo's most expensive console to collect for. I think so. You might be right. I mean, it's. it's, I feel like anytime I go to our local game store in Morgantown, they have a very small selection of GameCube games. Yeah, and that's always kind of been that way, unless I'm at a con. Or, you know, like a sometimes at a bigger game store in Pittsburgh or something, I rarely ever see a large selection of GameCube games. And it's always the same ones that you'll see, like the Zeldas and things like that. But Which are I mean, very expensive. 70, 80, 90 bucks for like these, these game cases that are like trash. Right. Like, or if you're, or if you're even lucky them. to get the case. Exactly. Because yep. a lot of times I see GameCube, but I hate this. And this, I don't understand like... I don't know if it's a carryover from older gamers throwing boxes of manuals away from like the older games. That gives me PTSD thinking about like <sighs> I'm such a I'm such a like what's the word uh, not a perfectionist but like 
I just, I'm a completionist. Right. I like to have the boxes, books all in good shape. And thinking about like when I go into like any game store, even when I worked at GameStop back in the day, when people like would trade in their DS games or like, and I'm sure now they do it with their Switch games or like, or just discs without boxes. Like it's just like, oh, why are you like this? I mean, I don't want to, I mean, <laughs> I can think of a disgusting amount of money that I threw that my, either myself or my mom and dad threw away as a child throwing away boxes for games. Oh, yeah. Chrono Trigger. I mean, I, I bought that brand new. Oh my god, that game is worth so much it's, money. Uh, like Pokemon just, Red had that brand new. Yellow had a brand new. Like <laughs> these are like several hundreds of dollars of games here. Like Chrono Trigger complete box runs close to a thousand fucking dollars these days. Yep. Sealed is like seven or eight grand. Yeah, like, it is, and that's it, not even for a rated graded copy. So sad to think think of all the boxes <laughs> that kids back in the day threw away, including me. Yeah, and, I'm, and that well, that's why I like when I collect, and I, I know we're getting a little off topic, but I'm gonna I have a point. I'm gonna bring I mean, it back down it to is, the game. It's cube. it's one of my podcasts. That's that does happen. But like whenever I collect, especially Nintendo games, I don't care. Like I like to get sealed ones. Don't get me wrong, but they're normally like astronomically expensive for the stuff that I want to collect. But like I like just a really well like just a box with the book and everything in it. I don't care if it's a little tattered. I like the character of having one that's like yeah. well played and you know someone enjoyed it and having it nice and sealed up and just preserved. It's like that, that, that Ocarina of Time I got off of you. Yeah. That, I mean, I, 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 ended up, I replaced the box, yeah. but I still have your box. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was well used. That is an yeah, old. Like, if you look at my completing box games, like, a couple of them, like, the Super, like Super Metroid I have. My that was a nice past. one. Yeah, that my Link nice to the Past, my Super Metroid, my Super Castlevania 4. Those are, like, the, my copies of those are immaculate. But then, like, my Mega Man 3, which has got some wear and tear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's... Yep. And I bring that up because, like, I have... The, the GameCube is the one that I like to collect sealed because they're they're expensive, but they're not so expensive they're going to kill me to buy. So like I have all I have Metroid Prime One, Two, both sealed in box. Uh, I have Metroid Prime Hunters. I have I have the entire Metroid collection in box, other than Metroid Trilogy, um, which I could get on eBay if I wanted yeah, to and grab but that's one. That's fun out of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like to I like to find them. You're right. Yeah, I don't like it, to just that, grab them online. T- like the only time I do that, like if I buy a game I've been wanting like that online, is if it's something I'm wanting to play like immediately, or something that I've you know given up on finding in the wild. Yeah, which yep, I agree because it just the, the, the half the fun is the hunt. Yeah, I agree, and that well, that's why whenever we bought that Super Metroid and the Link to the Past that Justin and I found on Etsy of all places, that's why we bought them because we don't normally do that, but like they were such a good prices, right? Like both and of the them around one hundred and fifty, and with dude, insane. But anyway, like I think you're right about like the GameCube. It's just so like. It's hard to find these these games, no matter where you go. Because even if you go to these conventions, the choices are always really limited. They know what they have, so they mark up the hell out of them. So it's like you really have to. In, it's tough, like as a collector, because you have to decide: is it worth it to like put your hands on it and feel it and pay that extra, probably sixty to seventy dollar con markup for some of these, you know, couple hundred dollar games, or is it worth it to? buy on ebay save the money but you don't know what you're getting when it comes in so it's and game you're right gamecube is one of those where it's you almost always have to try your luck at that because no one has them like they're just if you you already have your zeldas you already have your metroids all those other like eternal darkness and those other like sleeper hits on the gamecube 
you're not going to find them unless you're at a con no, or something not. like that. So, so to kind of continue on on GameCube games, like I want to talk about some of the games that I played. This is not going to be like a top five, top ten list. I've got episodes planned for those for all the Nintendo consoles down the road. But I want to hit specifically on some of like the bigger GameCube games and some of like maybe the smaller ones that people might have missed. Uh, first of all, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way, which I think I'm creating the elephant in the room in this one. <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine is the worst 3D Mario game. I no agree. question. I had, I th- and I think that it got held in this regard because of the time it came out. It had a lot of cool concepts. It was interesting, but like... Fallout to Super Mario 64 also wasn't yeah. doing any favors. Yeah, for sure. And then we all came back to revisit it and we were like... This did game's not, ass. Didn't age. Yeah, <laughs> because game. I, I remember, like, I remember when we did Gurus talking about Super Mario Sunshine and how much we wanted to replay it and this and that and had all these fond memories. Mm-hmm. Then they released the 3D All Stars pack on the Switch, and I know I didn't, I did not beat it on the Switch. I beat it on the GameCube, but actually I stopped playing it on the Switch because I'm like, man, these controls are terrible. Uh, I think Justin ended up beating on the Switch, but he was very determined. Um, and it, it comes down to a conversation we had actually in our, in our Discord the other day. Join mm-hmm. our Discord, by the way. We have great conversations in there about games. About the issue with, with Super Mario Sunshine, it's a fun game to beat. It is an awful game to 100%. Yeah, that's fair. Which I, I guess feel the kind same of a, way about Odyssey, too. Yeah, but. I was actually just going to come around to that. The Odyssey <laughs> is kind of the same uh, in the same boat, but I would argue that Odyssey is not because... It, with Sunshine, is because of the, the difficulty of 100%ing it, whereas with Odyssey, it's more with the actual all there is to do that's kind of i don't want to say a little bit on the boring side but you know not always the most exciting any open game or open world i don't want to say open world because it's not open world but you have a lot of areas to explore and the areas keep getting bigger the the longer you go on in mario when you go back and revisit it just keeps expanding so anytime you have that in a game whether it's open world or like that you lose a little bit of the magic, you know, every time you, you come back to it. So, and it just feels a little monotonous after right. a while. So, which was my problem with the game. I just got, I got bored with it really fast. So. I, I think in, when I, when I bring up difficulty, I want to specifically mention any time the game takes away the flood. When you're just doing straight up traditional Mario platforming. Dear Lord, those are some of the worst 3D platforming stages especially in terms of difficulty for some of them, like the, the pinball or the chicken machine or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> the game didn't age well. It was fun when it came out. Um, I didn't really much care for the story. Like, I get, like, the mechanics of, of the game, and, they, you know, adding this attachment worked really well in Luigi's Mansion at launch, but right, it just yeah. didn't do great, like... They could have found a different way. Right. To make it. Mind you, in my opinion, Luigi, Luigi's Mansion is a much better game. And it yes. aged a lot better than Super Mario it's Sunshine. Still, I still play that every now and then. But like the the flood attachment, it took away from Mario. The joy of Mario is platforming and fun jumps and well-timed execution of things like that. And it just gave the player too much freedom to be able to to mess up. And then also with that, you lose the joy of being able to do those well-precise time jumps, things like that, because you have to use this little gadget that you find. So I, I think that's where it suffered. Um, fun fun in its day, but it, it just didn't age very well. I totally agree with that. Um, might as well just segue into Luigi's Mansion then. Um, this game is a blast. I never expected it to get sequels. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it was it was quite a long time between the release of Luigi's Mansion and then the release of Luigi's Mansion Two: Dark Moon on the 3DS. Yeah, I mean there was a good solid decade, almost I want to say decade and a half there almost. It was, it was probably thirteen or fourteen years. Yeah, because it was on 3DS, late life 3DS. Yeah, and then they and... ported they ported the original <laughs> Luigi's Mansion to 3DS after that. Yeah, that's a long time. I I didn't play Dark Moon. Um, I tried Luigi's Mansion Three. I couldn't get into it. Um, the first one's the best of the bunch. I agree. I, I have very fond memories of Luigi's Mansion. I covered Luigi's Mansion on Video Game Mythos um, and Luigi in general. Like, just a, just a fun game. I love how scared Luigi is. It just creates, like, a, a just a really fun... You just call out for Mario, and you can hear the fear. It's, like, shaking in his voice. Mario! I think my favorite thing about that game, and it's, you know, I love little subtle things about games. My favorite thing about the original Luigi's Mansion would be when Luigi gets to get really scared, he'll start humming the background music, like yes. along with the background yes. music. And it's like he's doing it to try to distract himself. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> Nintendo knows what they're doing, They do, and they do it well. I, I like I like that game a lot. Um I like the I like the change up in the in the flow because you get this Mario game and it's not about platforming. It's about exploration and using yeah. this new tool. And Sunshine could have learned from that. Like you don't have to make it exactly what your game is, and people are going to love it. So and what's what blows my mind is that this game came out. They have this Mario character where traditionally Mario games are heavy on platforming, and there's barely any platforming in this game. Right. It's just exploration and using the tool to your advantage, which you could have easily made Mario Sunshine about. Um, now, again, I'm not saying that it would have been a great game had they done it that way, but it's just this game was so successful and it its legacy is going to carry on much further than Sunshine is. I totally agree. And, you know, I've I've talked before. I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I know I've talked about it in Discord about, you know, Nintendo's whole thing about they only seem to release sequels when they have a new gimmick to introduce to the, the series. That's true. Mario yeah, Sunshine was the first... I, I, believe, I truly believe that is the game that started that trend for Nintendo. Yeah, I could see that. Can't really think of any others, because, like, I think that with the transfer to 3D, the 3D realm... That opened up a lot, obviously a ton of different right. avenues, and that that afforded them the ability to to do exactly what you're saying. Because before that, it was such a drastic jump in technology between the N and the NES to the SNES to the GameCube, and then after when they first then they got comfortable with 3D and they went, we can make the graphics better, but what do we introduce to make it more interesting? So you're, you're exact. All that to say, I I agree. Suck that a couple of very surprising. Um, GameCube exclusives that I wouldn't have thought would have been GameCube exclusives. Let's talk about uh, the Resident Evil remake, Resident Evil Zero, and Resident Evil Four. Now, mind you, they are no longer exclusive. They right. Resident Evil Four, especially, has been released on every platform imaginable. What is getting a remake next year? Yep. But my copy of Resident Evil Four in the top corner says only four in a little. This is purple. only four Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> that was a landmark game for the GameCube. That's like the first time I really felt like I was playing. And mind you. This, I, I did not play Conquer's Bad for a day because I know people are like, what about Conquer? Yeah. This is the first time I felt like I was playing a tr truly mature adult game. Yeah. On a Nintendo system. Even Conquer's cartoony and right. like meant for teenagers. A more 
quote unquote immature mind. I don't mean to say like you're immature if you like conquer. Because what I mean not. is it's it's just like it's meant for that funny, dumb kind of humor. Exactly. Like Resident Evil was a, an adult game. It was a mature rated 17 plus right. game. Blood, guts, violence, horror, like that was the theme. Um, it, and it was really interesting to see this be the system that it came out for. And I think that was intentional because I don't think we they... can't do Super Nintendo Bros. without a fucking siren in the background. It can't happen. Well, Every we're, episode. We're in Fairmont, so what do you want? Um, but I think they did this because they wanted, obviously, they knew it was going to be a timed exclusive, but I think they wanted people to see you can come to the GameCube and get your horror. You can come and get your mature rated games. Yeah, you can. And I think that that started something because look at the Switch now. The, I think during this whole fiasco with uh, PlayStation and Microsoft, they had mentioned that the Switch has the most mature rated games of any platform That's at this point. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that, and I, I heard that like last week. Uh, on, I think EZA was talking about it. Mm. So thanks to you and Justin. Now I listen to EZA it's all great the time. Great game uh, podcast. Not as good as it used to be back when like Bosman and, you know. I agree. I like Brandon Jones. Brandon miss, Jones. Miss yep, absolutely. But yeah, so I, I think that this... Resident Evil 4 coming to the GameCube was like the gateway drug to lead to this. It was. So. And it was the best of the three titles that came into the GameCube. Like, don't get me wrong, Remake's fine. I'm not a huge fan of Zero, but like Resident Evil 4, that obviously was a landmark game, not only for the for Nintendo, but for Capcom and the Resident Evil series. Yeah. I mean, that definitely... Resident Evil was already a series that was on the map, but mm -hmm. it was never... You, you, there were never releases that people were like, man, this is one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 was immediately recognized like this is like a 10 out of 10 game. Yeah. And, you know, it really gained notoriety for that. It really made the series a lot more famous than what it already was. And, you know, eventually it got ported to the PS2, so you were able to enjoy it in that generation on another console. It took a couple years. Mm -hmm. um, but it's but, been ported to literally every game since. Exactly. So, exactly. Every system and since. And it will be for a while. And with I, ironically, it won't be available on the Switch and then it's nowhere it all started <laughs> unless we get a shitty cloud version. <laughs> it is on the Switch. No, I mean Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so Resident Evil okay. 4 uh, okay. Vanilla is on the Switch, correct. Okay. I keep meaning to buy it. It's the only Resident Evil on the Switch that I don't have. Yeah, I have but it. But I never it do, and I think the reason why is because I'm just waiting for the remake to come out here in a couple months. It plays really well, and I know this is off topic, but like, if you are out there and you have a, a MetaQuest or Oculus Quest, whatever it's called, buy Resident Evil on there. Oh, yeah. It is so good. It is probably like... I don't want to say my favorite way to play that game, but it is every bit as fun as like any other, like it is, it is just great. It right. is so well made for Oculus. But anyway, for, I think it's also worth mentioning that uh, as a collector, this is dumb facts that I know, go out there and try to find a copy of Code Veronica on GameCube. Good luck. Like that is such a hard game to, to find. <laughs> I have a copy. I had all the Resident Evil games on GameCube. The ports of one, two, and three as well, and I I sold all of them. I regret it massively. <laughs> I remember one day where the copy that I have one day working at GameStop, I called around to I did a, a system search to find out which places had Code Veronica X on GameCube. Called around to every store and asked. I was like, "Hey, this is Michael from whatever our store number was. Um, can you do you have this game? It doesn't have the box and book." And finally, one like three hundred miles away had it, and I was like, "Can you send that to me?" Right. And they finally they sent it over. It was so such good shape, and it is currently sitting. I think it's on Daniel's bookshelf. All of course. Of the, I, I think I, I think I gave him to on the other side know. of the tape. You know. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, so res I think that, like I said, that Resident Evil on the GameCube was like 
that was a big push to get more people to the GameCube as a whole. And I think it worked. I think it paid off it the did. dividends. Um, let's see. We already talked about Pikmin. I don't want to go really into Metroid Prime 1 and 2 because <laughs> we, we just did a whole episode. We'll probably do more on them later, And too. I'm sure there'll be more Metroid episodes to come. But, you know, we've, we've done... We've really hit Metroid Prime 1 and 2 pretty hard on a previous episode. We've also got... Uh, Two Zelda games that launched. Yeah, that's actually platform. where I was going. So, uh, so we had, well, you, you can always count, kind of count more because of ports. True, true. But uh, of course, uh, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, which the I feel like the, lo- the longer it's been since Wind Waker has been out, the less appreciated it's been getting. Maybe it's just because my group of friends is kind of low on Wind Waker. I know, I know Justin's not a big Wind Waker guy. Russ isn't a big Wind Waker guy. You're not a huge I, Wind Waker guy. I like Wind Waker for what it is. My problem with Wind Waker, and I know that they fixed this, and I just I never went back to it. I just didn't like all the sailing. I got so right. I literally had nightmares. Not even joking. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night, like having panic attacks from all the sailing I was doing because right. I'm a completionist when it comes to Zelda. I want to see everything. Oh yeah. So I was just sailing around these islands, doing everything. Yeah, because in the GameCube version, which mind you, do not if you, if you want to play to, uh, Wind Waker, don't play the GameCube version. True. Don't. True. Fact. Um, and it's not because it's bad, but. You had to you know, towards the end of the game, like before the final dungeon, you had to. Sail around the entire open world. This was, I, I consider it an open world game. Yeah, it's huge. You had to sail the entire seas of Hyrule to get eight Triforce charts. And then after that, you had to sail the seas of Hyrule again to find the Triforce pieces from the Triforce charts. <laughs> um, high school me was like, you know what? Uh-uh, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And then I played Smash or something. And then, yeah. You know, it's, which that's is fair. sad because I've, I've beat pretty much every Zelda game. And uh, I didn't. I didn't beat Wind Waker until it was on the Wii U because they removed the Triforce charts. You went straight from the pieces or the Triforce pieces. I did not even know that because I never played well, it. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it was removed the Triforce pieces or you took the charts to somebody and they acquired them, something like that. But they took out half of that quest. That's good because that that was my biggest complaint was yeah. all the sailing. But like as far as story goes, it was fantastic. It's one of my it's, favorite stories in a Zelda I game. I love the final battle with Ganondorf. It was so fun. That is my favorite Ganondorf battle. It is something fun. iconic about spoilers for a twenty year old game. Something <laughs> I, very iconic about uh, the end of the battle where Link just thrusts his sword into the top of Ganondorf's it, head. It, it's so funny because it's such a strong. I'm going to use this word again. I say I'm going to use it and I always do. A strong juxtaposition between the style of game this is. Right. This cartoony, artful, cel-shaded, interesting little... A lot of people would like it to like a kid's game. And at the end of the game, it's the only Zelda game where your sword is like firmly implanted in Ganondorf's face. Yeah, it's like literally so through awesome. his skull. <laughs> and like, well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember when this game came out, a lot of people were very down on it because of the cell shading. Yeah, this I loved was, it. This was loved the it. first mainstream game or one of the first mainstream like AAA titles that used cell shading. Yep, I remember for that. the graphical style. So, and I mean, I I had people who I worked with because when this came out at that point I was working at a video store. Um one of the best jobs I've ever had by the way. For those of you I'm sure uh, for you it yeah, was. <laughs> for those of you youngins who don't know what a video store is, it's a, gi- it's a giant walk-in red box. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's exactly I, what, what it I was, was when I used to teach I had a kid asking what what uh, I told I had a kid ask me one day, Mr. Harper, what was your job in high school? I said, well, I worked at a video store. What's that? I said, well, it's like a giant walk-in red box. We're like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good description. And I was not a blockbuster employee, by the way. Video warehouse. Oh, man. Yep. Video warehouse. I, well, oh, I remember when you worked there because it really? was on East Point. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because that was... This was before we knew each other. No. we There was one... 
there was I remember there being one day when you were there and I was there. I remember this. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making something up. But I, I know where I know video warehouse. Anyway, point being, it was it's like a library, but movies. <laughs> it was um I have people who say they wouldn't play the game specifically because of cell shading, they refused. Is what I was the point I was getting at with that. Bad form. It looked great. I still have the original, like the remember GameStop got those big, like green cell shady pictures. Yes. With Link and yes. uh Nob or not Navi uh, in that game, but like there was uh, a fairy. Was te- oh, it wasn't uh wasn't was it the fairy or was it with Tetra? Because Tetra was a big part of that game. Well what it was a there's a fairy in the photo. Right. But I think it might have just been art. Okay. I don't because I don't remember. I can't like, remember the fairy's name and why and Wind Waker. Um I still have it, still in a box downstairs in my basement. And I know if you, like, they did a thing at GameSoft where if you pre-ordered Wind Waker, you got a bonus disc ahead of launch. It was like, it had its own case. It was uh, Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time Master Quest. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, that thing, that thing is very valuable it's now, very too. expensive now, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, again, something else I used to have. Yeah. And then, of course, they did the uh, Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition. Mm, yep. A little later down the line, that which had, the had uh, yeah, had Zelda, Zelda Two, um, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, all four on one disc. You had to either subscribe to Nintendo Power. Uh, I think that's actually that's how you how you got that game was by subscribing to Nintendo Power. I don't remember if there was another way to acquire it or not. And I wish Nintendo Power was still around. That's Man. a magazine I would get. That's an episode. Still. That, we are going to have a <laughs> Nintendo Power episode at some point. <laughs> Believe me, it's absolutely going to happen. Um, that was actually the the first. Uh, Tom, I beat Zelda 2. What's up? You shut up. I don't want to hear anything <laughs> about this, Roger. <laughs> well, here, listen, I, I, here's why I bring that up. I'm going to get sentimental for the first of two times in this episode. So I remember getting my Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition disc in the mail. Um, it was the beginning of, the sem- of December of 2003. My cousin had just been killed in a car accident like a day or two beforehand. And um, her and I were like really, really close. So it was the first time I ever had to really deal with death. Zelda 2 was my distraction. It was my escape from the things that were going on. And I, I, I it's kind of sad that it was that game of all games. But I was like, I never beat this. And I'm in high school. Or, you know, I'm, you know I'm, it's, I was younger. I was like, okay, this is still better than what it's considered to be now, even though it still sucked. Um, <laughs> but well, I'll, I, make, I, and I'll feel bad for making fun of you. For no, it's okay. <laughs> and I just I distracted myself with that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think a, I've ever told that story on any of our podcasts. I've never heard that before, so it must I know, not I know I've told stories about like playing Halo with Bo, and I'm going to bring, you know, speaking of Bo, another thing, Super Smash Bros. Melee. You know, he used to come up after school. He was in middle school. I had just started college. He'd come up after school every day when I go home class, and uh, we'd play Melee, and we'd play, uh, sometimes he'd watch me play Tales of Symphonia. You know, we had a good time. Tales good of Symphonia. Yeah, Tales of Symphonia, another great one. <laughs> uh, we skipped the most important Zelda, though. Twilight Princess? Twilight Princess. That is the best 3D Zelda game. Suck it, Breath of the Wild. Twilight I, Princess is better. I agree. I will, I, it's I'll nice to have somebody here who, who understands. <laughs> that game is just like, I love the dark tones that this game brought. This the, is like... The dark tones and the dungeons were so good. Dungeons even are Even though it best. arguably had the most useless items post-dungeon. That's fair. In the series. I could see that. But... Yeah, I just... It's still I, great. I loved like how many things were tucked away in the in the world in this game too, because like there was a lot of things that I think that they tried to do here that eventually ended up getting um, implemented in Breath of the Wild with like just a lot of like hidden things around the world because like in Ocarina of Time, which is I guess I could say is like the next closest comparison because. Wind Waker had like a lot of little islands that had like little mini areas that you yeah. would explore and little dungeons and stuff. But like 
Ocarina of Time would have like holes in the ground you could bomb or like things, something behind a wall that was like barely hidden and then you just blow it up with a bomb. But like this game had like traversal mechanics, it did. like where you could essentially Spider-Man your way around the, the building. Yeah, because you got that like double, that. you had that double hook shot. Yeah. You know, you had a, it was the best version of a Pono was in Twilight Princess. Easily. Agreed. Um, Agreed. This is a minor thing, but you know, I've said before, I like the subtle little things in games. And th for some reason, out of every Zelda game I've played, you know, you, you have mini games in every Zelda pretty much. But the mini game in Twilight Princess on Lake Hylia, where you shoot out of the can and then you get to come down oh, and get yeah. like, the items, yeah, that's that one like sticks with me. It's such a fun like, such a fun game. And again, like if you want to play Twilight Princess, if you haven't played Twilight Princess, don't play it on the GameCube. Go get yeah. the go get the Wii U version. Um, it's significantly better. It cuts down on the uh, the wolf quests, which are easily the worst part of the game. Does the Wii U version put it back to left hand link, or does it stay right hand link? I believe it is left hand link. If okay. I remember properly, I have not. Gotcha. Now, mind you, I haven't played it in a few years now. Gotcha. Uh, it's been a couple years ago since I replayed. Twilight yeah, for, Princess. for everyone that doesn't know, the game is mirrored. So it came out on. It was a launch title for the Wii, but it also launched on the GameCube. And Link has always been traditionally left-handed. So if you play the GameCube version, the game is literally flipped because they had to make Link left-handed for the GameCube version and right-handed since the majority of people are right-handed for the Wii version. The Wii version. Yeah, which I always thought was cool they did that. It is really cool. Yeah, that is very, very good of Nintendo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you played left-handed Link in gotcha. the Wii U version. I, I love that. And yeah. I, the game itself, like one of my favorite things about and this is just such a strong differentiation between Twilight Princess and really any other Zelda games, the cutscenes in this game were so, like, masterfully cinematic. And the one I'm talking about specifically that really sticks out in my head was in, uh, a lot of people say it different ways, but uh, Kakariko Village, Kakariko Village, however you say yeah. it. Like, whenever the kid gets taken by the big Moblin guy on the pig, He's like up on that spear and they're in there like rampaging through that village and like the music stops and like Link like slow-mo like skids around the oh, corner yeah. and like starts running through the village to save the kids. It's like, oh my God, like the music's going. It's just like so epic. Like it was so cool to see that because this is not something you get from Nintendo a lot of times right. or at least up to this point you didn't. So that was one of the reasons that this was my favorite. But like you said, the dungeons in this game were just they're unmatched. They are. And I still feel like Wasn't one of the dungeons in this game like the forest temple from Ocarina of Time? But yes. Like that was one of the other things the that, that made it so cool was that the... I can't remember which dungeon it was. It was the sand temple where you get the spinny, like the spinner. That's right. There. And then you realize, you eventually realize, oh, this is the forest temple from Ocarina of yep. Time. Yeah, because you have to... Um, there's the lights that you have to smash and unlock and they're the same color as the pose in... Uh, the forest temple in Ocarina of Time. Right. So the the world is definitely the same. There's a lot of similarities in the way that the the layout is. If you look at the map and where Death Mountain is compared to like Hyrule Castle, things like that. Um, just a lot of thought and love went into this game. I'll agree with Justin that the wolf sections of this game are the weakest point. Oh, absolutely. But no arguably, like um, Midna is like one of the strongest. Zelda characters, yes, like to date, love the personality they put out there, especially putting her up against a silent protagonist like Link. That that juxtaposition mm -hmm. there, use the word again, I'm sorry, is just so good. Like it, it creates just such a, a strong, um, like narrative moving through the game. And the boss battle was so cool too, because you get you don't just get you get a little bit of everything in this boss battle. You get the you get the back and forth with Ganondorf with Puppet Zelda 
way yes, you're hitting the ball back that's, and forth. I love that battle. Yeah, and then you get battles. you get the wolf battle, which wasn't terrible, and then you get the bow. You get the bow on horseback, and then you get the sword fight with Ganondorf and like the the lock yeah, face to face. I, I love pushing the final boss forth. sequences of this game. It's so good. Definitely my favorite final bosses of Zelda are Agreed. the ones that we see in Twilight Princess. Um, let's see. Of course, we did mention Tales of Symphonia. Great JRPG. It's going to get a release on the Switch soon. So if you have not played Tales of Symphonia, uh, I, I, it's a little pricey on the GameCube, I believe. You can get it on the PS3 or it's on Steam, but there's a, there's a remaster coming to, to the Switch uh, in February. So hold off, play it there. I'm curious, do you think the reason that the Switch didn't sell as well in other countries was because the lack of, like, traditional JRPGs on the this system? The GameCube, I think that's absolutely why it didn't sell as well in Japan. Of course, mind you, Japan is a, is a much smaller country than, right, you know, right. that's a much smaller territory than North America. So it's obviously, obviously, Nintendo knows their core market as far as sales is North America. Um, but it was... I, I will say this about the JRPG thing. It was a hell of a lot better than the N64 uh, situation <laughs> because on the N64, you had Quest 64, pretty much. I and hate that, was, that for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas, Which we've, Max and I came to find out that there's quite a few Quest 64 fans hovering out there when we started bashing it on right, post-game where, content. Know, whereas on uh, the GameCube, there there was a decent selection of JRPGs. Because, of course, I already mentioned Tales of Symphonia. Uh, you have Skies of Arcadia Legends, which that's a, that's a cult hit. Um, a lot of people may have missed. That's an extremely expensive game, however. That, it was a port of a Dreamcast game. Uh, they had another Dreamcast port called Evolution Worlds from Evolution 1 and 2 of the Dreamcast. Uh, the Botan Kaitos games, 1 and 2, were both on the uh, GameCube. Um, I know I'm missing for sure. Oh, I'm sure RPG. there's a ton of uh, Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door. That was uh, a was, great game. Yeah, we got to talk it, about it that. It really was, yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, we'll get into that next. But, I mean, the JRPGs were there a little more than they were on well a little more a lot more than they were on the n64 um not to the extent that we had on the ps2 True. but the ps2 was also like a that was a jrpg like machine it's also like a 12 year life cycle on that bitch so. yeah exactly and, you <laughs> and know, a lot you more opportunities <laughs> but yeah uh let's talk about we just mentioned paper mario the thousand year door that's a very good um just paper mario in general was just such a fun change was of pace. Such a fun change of pace. Huh? Was oh, well, such yeah. a fun change of pace. Well, Orgrama King was ass. Once so. they got, uh, listen, I, I'll <laughs> stand up for Super Paper Mario on the Wii. I liked that game. It wasn't as much of an RPG, it was more of like a side scrolling adventure. Mm -hmm. But after that, it was shit. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. yeah the, the earlier ones were definitely the best, but there, there was just something. I don't even like turn-based games. I never have really. Right. I'll, I'll play a few if the story is good enough, but like, I played the shit out of this game. Like, it was so fun. Nintendo does not like money either because <laughs> they have never ported or re-released Thousand Year Door. I well, I think they just know that like people just if they want to play it, they're gonna play it. But you're right, Nintendo does. I think that they just. They have so many titles they know with the Switch having the install base that it does. So many titles that they're just holding on to in the in the event that there's like ever this recession and they absolutely need the cash that they can be like, oh, here's the Prime Trilogy. Oh, here's the remake of all these Mario games. Oh, here's yeah, you know exactly. all these things that everyone's going to buy for full price whenever they come out. So I love that turn-based style, though. It's fun. The the quippy humor in those games yeah. is, like, unmatched. It is. So it, fun. They're super fun <laughs> games. Super cute. Um, let's... No you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks. Mario Kart Double Dash. 
We have had some hot topic conversations <laughs> about the Mario Kart games in Discord recently. I, I, I didn't I, say a word on listen, Double Dash. I, I will. I will say it. I came out and said that I feel. I. I think I. I pretty sure I called it overrated, referring to Mario Kart sixty four. You did. I want to rescind that slightly. <laughs> it's not that the game is overrated. It's because it's not nearly as good as as some of its follow of its follow ups. Not all of the follow ups. Some. I personally think Double Dash is trash. I don't really. Like it. You don't never, like, never see liked Double it. Dash to me is like the second best after eight. <laughs> I just I didn't play it as much. I got to it really late, um, and by the time I got to it, it just felt like <sighs> I, I really liked the 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 dual character mechanic because it, it added a lot of depth see, to the Mario Kart formula. But as far as like, well, now you got to keep your, like your weight class in mind even more because like you may have Baby Mario in the front and Donkey Kong in the back. Like that's. That is cool. I yeah, didn't. I didn't think about that. I just. I never really played it that much, and every experience I had with it was just not fun. Maybe I just played all the wrong maps. I never owned it. That was a big, a big component of it. So every time I played it, I was playing at like parties and things like that. Um, but it, it was a hot one back then. Like it that's was. that was what people played. Um, I'm not saying it was a trash game. Let me. I'll rescind that. I'm saying I never had a great experience with it, and every time I got to play it, it just. I just didn't have a good time. So see, I have a memory of Mario Kart Double Dash specifically. It's 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 kind of funny because it's not a memory of playing it necessarily. It's a memory of acquiring Mario Kart Double Dash. Uh, so Double Dash came out in uh, November of two thousand three. I specifically remember going Black Friday shopping with my mom because I'm a crazy person. We went out five a.m. to Walmart, and a lady ran me with a cart, but <laughs> it's fine because I, I bought a Mario Kart Double Dash that day. And then with McDonald's at a McDonald's breakfast. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's not the highlight of your, your year, Roger. It might have been. It, <laughs> listen, 2003 was a, it was, that was a rough year for me despite graduating high school. It was, it was a tough, difficult God, you're year old. for me. It is. You're old. I'm, I really am old. You're not wrong. <laughs> Just a lot of shit went down in 2003 that aren't the best memories, but you know. Listen, Roger, hot take. Hot take. GameCube was the downfall of Mario Party. I agree. Mario Party 4, 5, and 6, and yeah, 6. Those were the, was 7? 7 yeah. was also in the GameCube. Okay. Yeah, eight and nine They're all trash. We, all of them. Really? I, every, I really like Mario Party 4, though. <laughs> I really like Mario Party 4. Uh, of those, 4 was the best. I'll give you that. But you're of right. The, it started getting a little gimmicky because I think it was either 6 or 7 introduced that stupid microphone. Uh, they're just bad. They're just, Which uh, we're going to get to first I think, in a minute. I think 4 had good games in it. Like they they were still on like a high video, a high train for those, but like five and six and and then like by the time we got to seven, that's when they released the microphone. I think was seven. Oh my god, dude! Just all of those were just bad, and I I bought every single one of them because they're Mario Party. Yeah, like I, mean, I even proud. bought all the trash ones on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, and, don't get me wrong, waiting like, for, for them to get better. Like, for for the most part, Mario Party's never like bad. Yeah, they're just some of them are better than others. Yeah, I agree. And that's well, I uh, that's not true. Super Mario Party, Super Mario Party on the Party Switch, Switch was bad. Is garbage. Mario Party Superstars are <laughs> much better. Yes, I agree. Please, um, Nintendo, I will pay 10, 15 bucks a map. Give me more of them. I will pay full price, ten to fifteen to I twenty. Think Mario Party One and Two are on the Nintendo Switch Online. They are. Correct. They are. Yeah. And maybe that's their way of like bringing it out more. But I, I just want more for that game. Like, I just, I want more for it. Um, the last uh, GameCube game that I personally want to bring up, um, and it is one of my favorite third-party titles on the GameCube, even though I don't think I've played it on the GameCube, but I want to bring it up anyways because it's on the GameCube. 
Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Oh, I love that remake. Sands of Time. Yeah, where where's that at? Ubisoft. <laughs> you know, I I hate that it's been delayed a lot, and I'll, I'll say this, and we can move on from it. I hate that it's been delayed a lot, but I'm I want them to just take their time with it. So mm-hmm. if there's a reason it keeps getting delayed and people keep getting shoved off of it, don't put out garbage. Right. Shovel because the original was such shelf a good it game. and wait till it's ready to come out. Um, but yes, I played that game all the way through in just a few days whenever I finally got the chance to play it and then played it immediately again. It is so good. Yeah, I remember, love the banter. The The prince is like just a chef's kiss like character. I remember asking for it for Christmas the year it came out and I tell you, I played the shit out of it. It was good. I got it on the PS2, not the GameCube. Like but, the, the rewind mechanic, just revolutionary. Oh. Like it was yeah, like, absolutely. The, I can make a mistake and rewind and it be a legitimate like portion of the game like awesome like i don't have to feel like a cheat doing this like i do on the switch right exactly <laughs> but, uh, are there any other gamecube games particularly that you want to bring up before Dude, we move on to peripherals super monkey ball 2 oh i ever played two i played the Dude, first one super monkey ball 2 was like the best party game and anyone out there knows me if you grew up with me we played super monkey ball 2 and particularly the game, there's one game where you would, you're on a ramp and you just fly down the ramp and go <laughs> off and then you had to time it just right and open up your ball as wings and then land on targets out in the ocean. And it was, Ooh. it was so fun. I get countless hours of my brothers and sisters playing that um, game. I, I do want to give a few game shout outs to games that we didn't talk about that are significant titles. Yes. On go the GameCube it. that we're probably not going to get into very deeply. That's what um, the Discord's for. Join in there and talk yeah, about Star it. Yeah, Star Wars Rogue Leader, which was the sequel to... Uh, Re- Re- was that the sequel? To, was that two or was that three? No, Rebel Strike was three. Okay, Rebel Strike wasn't very good. Um, of course, we did mention that in past. Like Soul Calibur 2 on the GameCube. Uh, yeah, with Link. Yeah, I, I played I that game for Link. <laughs> so many hours. So many hours playing that. Yep, same. Um, Eternal Darkness, we didn't uh, talk we, about. We but, talk about it. We mentioned it a few times. But yeah, that's a great horror game if you get the chance to buy it. It's expensive, but worth the play. Uh, F-Zero GX, if you're an F-Zero <laughs> fan. I'm not a big F-Zero guy, but it's... it's. I'm not either, but people are getting antsy well, for Well, it's worth noting <laughs> that was the last F-Zero. True. Uh, well, there isn't there an anime out there? If you want some, probably, if you want some, if you want some content, there's anime out there. Uh, let's see, Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes, Beautiful Joe. Beautiful Joe is one too. That was a good one. <laughs> Never played that one. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. I know I mentioned Fire Nerd. very briefly. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. I've always heard is a great. I didn't care for it, but uh, the, time, the time splitters games. You know, yeah, there are, there are plenty of other GameCube games. There was Pokemon titles that we didn't get into, but we can't talk about every GameCube game because we'd be here for hours and hours and days. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's like any last minute ones that like really, because we've talked about, I mean, other than Smash and uh, we really talked about all the the really, really big ones. Right. If I think of anything, it'll come up. I've got a list in front of me, but I'm scrolling through it and I don't, I don't see any that like were really like revolutionary. But it was just one of those systems where there was just such like a really good spread of games. It was. Like you could look across the wall at your and there was great local third party store. And they had cool things like Donkey Konga, like oh, with the, yeah. with the bongos with bongo and things drums. like that. Yeah, like Mario Strikers, so that's where it got its start at. Like, and without without Donkey Konga, we wouldn't have speed runs of you know of Dark Souls <laughs> played with the bongos <laughs> on Twitch. Oh my god, don't even get me started. <laughs> that's the that's the next logical step for me as a Souls fan. 
Because I beat a soul level one run of Dark Souls 1. Now I got to beat it with like a Congo pad or a DDR pad or something. Um, oh, man. Let's talk about peripherals, speaking like DDR pads and stuff, because the GameCube had its fair share of DDR pads. Are you going to talk about the Wave Bird? You're going to talk about the Wave True Bird. True or false? The Wave Bird is the greatest <laughs> controller ever made. False. <laughs> okay, I kind of agree with you, but only because there are newer controllers that are better. Uh, to that point, however, I did like the. Damn, Wave Bird. the Wave Bird's a good controller. I, I I think Russ is right in that the the original it's the best controller is a lot of nostalgia talking. However, for the time when it came out, the like having like this wireless controller that wasn't super gimmicky right. was cool. Like it just it was worked like thick, well. It, it was, was like a thick boy GameCube controller. Yeah, essentially, it was, and it, especially whenever Xbox was hot on the press, you were used to those big thick yeah, you had that big controllers. So like holding on, holding on to that like WaveBird, you were like, oh yeah, like I'm a big boy now. Right? Yeah, yeah. I love the WaveBird. Cool. You know, it was it was the first uh, two through batteries like a motherfucker. It, was, it was the first uh, time a first <laughs> a first party like released a wired or wireless controller. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, because cool. uh, PlayStation 1 and 2, like the PlayStation 2, its wireless controllers were done by Logitech. Uh, um, yeah, I remember that, yep. I don't recall if the OG Xbox had a wireless controller of some sort. I'm did. sure it did, but it would have been third party. Yeah, I don't think uh, it did. But Nintendo was the first time, it was the first time that the, the console maker actually released its own wireless controller. Yep. Um, that was such a. I remember when that came out too, because everyone's like wireless controller. That's gonna. That's never gonna work. Right. So much lag, and now it's like, look where we are today. Exactly, like everything exactly. is wireless. And really, the <laughs> lag on the on the on the WayBird never really been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it was, was good for. They, well. they definitely did their their job with it. Um, of course, we mentioned there was that lame ass microphone that came with Mario Party Seven, and there were a couple other games that supported it, but it never took off. No. Uh, however. The GameCube did have the uh, greatest peripheral of all time. I'm talking about that Game Boy player. Yes. Oh, my God. The attachment under the bottom. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You can play the Game Boy. You can play the Game Boy Color. You can play the Game Boy Advance. Listen, I I think Nintendo needs to bring that back with the Switch. It can hook right into the USB port and slide underneath, and it just plays Game Boy Advance games. It plays DS games. Yes. It plays everything. I would pay... Two or three hundred dollars. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, because I would say honestly, like a good at least third of my time with the GameCube, I was playing Game Boy Advance games. Absolutely, on that sucker. Absolutely. You know, I I can specifically remember playing. Um, let's see, the Link to the Past, um, GBA release, Metroid Fusion. Yeah, I played that on there for um, the first time. Let's see what else did I play. I mean, I played a lot of stuff. Breath of Fire <laughs> on the Game Boy Advance. I played a Minish lot of on the GameCube player. Yep. Yeah, Minish Cap. I played on oh, the, game, yeah. uh, the Game Boy player. That was that, that was, was the great. shit. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And I already had a Game Boy Advance, so it was great. So I already had a ton of games. Yeah. So I just popped it in. The only bad thing with the GameCube player now is it's hard to a find a complete copy with the disc that you had to have to use it. Yep. And b when you do, it's fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. It, it was it was just so cool to have like have the ability to go back to those games on something that was already hooked up to your TV and was like the current generation. Right. Cause like nothing else supported that outside of like backwards compatibility. And it's different with Nintendo because like every iteration of their systems come with some new type of media that you have to have literally all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, there's been, there's been no continuation there. So having like this plug and play thing was just re It was, you're right. It was revolutionary. It was so cool. So my final question before we got to talk about a seal of quality today. As far as the all the Nintendo consoles are concerned, where does the GameCube stand as like a ranking? Oof. 
Wow, that's a tough question. See, for that's top, a really tough for question. Me, for me, it's top three with Super Nintendo and the Switch being, well, Switch being one at this point, Super Nintendo being two. It is really hard to not give the Switch number one. It is. Like, especially with the the catalog of old games that's on yeah, it now. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it just... Because most of the everything. Super Nintendo games you want to play are already there. Yeah, and most things are coming to Switch now. Like, yeah. I can just get... Even the Final mm -hmm. Fantasy uh, Pixel remasters are coming now, too. They yeah. made the announcement the other day. I got to say that's number one, but I'd... It's, it's really... I'd probably put it number two. If I'm really, if I'm really thinking about it. I mean, I put it at three personally because the Super Nintendo, for me, I grew up on that. So it's for sure. a little nostalgia. Yeah. I, that, was, that was our first system. The, Much larger library, too. Was the Super Nintendo. And obviously, we went from there to the 64, and I bought myself a GameCube. But, like, I didn't... My exposure to the Super Nintendo was, like, super limited. I think, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable putting it yeah, like we, number two, and then we, we don't we don't talk a lot about maybe. the uh, we haven't talked a lot about retro consoles yet on the show. We're eventually going to obviously get into the older console. We've I feel like we've talked ninety percent about the newer stuff though. For sure, yeah. Well, that's Switch is a, it's so relevant right now. Like, there's just it, it is it unbeatable. Yeah, like the install base just grows like drastically. So they're just going to keep putting everything good out there for it. Like, why wouldn't they? It would be dumb not to, so. You know, I'll tell you, it's kind of funny because uh, the last episode we released was the JRPG episode that Justin and I did. Now, mind you, we were, he and I recorded that episode in August. It's been a, wow. it's been a hot minute since <laughs> we recorded that. And I specifically remember us having a discussion about where the hell are the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters? <laughs> we specifically brought that up on that episode. After the episode aired, about a week after the episode aired, Square's like, oh, by the way, Here's Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Dude, on the Switch. How many times did that happen with me and you on Gurus? Right, like we would does. talk about things that needed to happen. I literally willed Mario Party Superstars into existence. You did. You remember that conversation? Yeah. You absolutely <laughs> did. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it is funny how that happens. It's uh, Nintendo just had they have this like gold mine. It is just like an infinite like there is no install base like the Switch. There no. probably never will be again. Like which is how maybe on to the next. It Nintendo. did. It did pass the PlayStation Two in, in uh, lifetime sales recently. And that was number one previously, right? Um, I'm not 100 percent positive. It might have been. I think it was with because yeah. of the like the long life cycle it has. But regardless, it's just so it's so big. And if they whatever's next after Switch, if it has the ability to play these Switch games, this will just continue to be the best. It will. And they're just going to put everything on it that they can. So I, Switch is definitely number one just because if they, especially if they bring GameCube VC, which is rumored, you know, yeah, has been I for really like five years. I but. really hope it does happen eventually. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's issue a seal of uh, a seal of quality. We got to do it every episode. We got to have all a right, all right. Well, Nintendo Bros. seal of quality. I was gonna ask you before we recorded what it was, but I figured I would just wait to get a fresh. I don't know what this game is, everyone. This is a fresh reaction. Animal Crossing. Oh, which you actually suggested oh. when we first talked about this episode <laughs> a few weeks ago, dude. Listen, and I know everyone has like the bigger, better mind mindset, and I definitely think that the Animal Crossing New Horizons is like probably the definitive version of Animal Crossing. Yes, for sure. However, the original Animal Crossing in my mind is still the most fun to play. It is the best versions of each activity in the games that you can do. 
the simplest the simplistic upgrade of your houses the the mailing away of your fossils to have to get them like analyzed gives you like that joy of like you first turn it on every single day do my letters come back like what right. fossils do i have like instead of that instant gratification um the upgrading of the store gradually and like hitting those thresholds that were relatively at that point when that game came out were just so like unknown so you're just like always trying to do whatever you can to get that next store um like the turnips the the cheat codes that were really big back in the day the ability to really easily change the date of your game because it was based off the software and your mr. memory Rossetti. card and not on like what the the time yeah uh, mr Rossetti was much more of a of a thing back then but um, like can i just point out too you, you could play like whole ass nes games in Animal yeah, Crossing. Yeah, it's... Uh, Balloon Fight, Clue Clue Land, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, Ma Junior Math, Excite Bite, Excite Bite, Excite Bike, <laughs> Golf, Pinball, and Tennis were available as well as Wario's Woods and Baseball, and then instead of the giveaways for Soccer, Donkey Kong Junior, Donkey Kong 3, and Punch-Out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, have it, like, how many of you out there, if you're listening to this, that you played the original Animal Crossing, you decorated your house, but your basement, that was your game room. Oh, yeah. You go down there, like, your gyroids are, like, bouncing off the wall. That was the other thing. <laughs> they they finally brought gyroids back in the new Animal Crossing, and that is just such a love letter to the original Animal Crossing because, like, gyroid collections were what was up in that game. You had your one out front that was your mailman and all that kind of stuff, but, like, the or your save station, all that, but, like, gigging up a gyroid and then putting it in there with, like, the music that you got from KK, who's sitting up there by the train station playing guitar on Saturdays, was just, like, all those things just made it so fun to go back to. Yeah, for sure. All the time. And all the core elements, is like, like I said earlier, the core elements that made that game great have been expanded upon, but you lose a little bit of the magic when you add all that extra stuff. It is still my favorite way to play Animal Crossing. I will always play New Horizons still. I'll go back to yep. it, but like I still occasionally will boot up. I want to point out a, a fun little known fact about Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Hit me, Dad. It is not the first Animal Crossing game. What? In Japan, there was a game called Animal Forest that released on the N64, which was the original uh, Animal Crossing game. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. Was it like largely the same? Yes. Like, Okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was essentially the same kind of thing. In fact, um, I believe that Animal Crossing on the GameCube was called Animal Force Plus hmm. in Japan. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the game was so good though, man. Like I, the balloons, the pitfalls that you could fall into, the you know the catching the boots like that, the we fake outs you get there. Bring back Mr. Rossetti. Yes. Free Rossetti, damn it. Free. <laughs> All right, he's got a wasted local emancipation. <laughs> He'll eventually make a comeback, I'm sure. Oh, um, yeah, it's just a just a good game. If you if you're gonna ask me to rate it, what's it? Does it start at gold or is so? It I'll go gold? over the rating system for those who are new to the show. So we have five different tiers. We have the uh, Super Nintendo Bros. Golden Korok Poo tier, which is for the truly bad games. True, true. The tier above that is the Super Nintendo Bros. Uh, participation trophy because <laughs> of all the games I've ever played. That's a game. That that is a game. Then you have the bronze, the silver, and the gold. Okay. We've we have rated one gold to date, and that was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Okay. That is the only game we've ever given gold to. That's that's a good <sighs> mind you, we've only rated like six, eight games, but you know. I think this game, if I need <laughs> I need to be objective, 
I would probably place it silver. Okay. It's a great foundation for just such an expansive series that continues to be one of the best-selling games of all time. It's still, I think, on this past month's MPDs was like number 13 or something. Still, like two years later. So, like, it's still selling well. New Horizons saved us all from COVID. Exactly. Like, it was the game we needed. That's why it was uh, Guru's Gaming Game of the Year in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, other than Hades, obviously, but, you know. (laughs) Hades going to Hades. Nice. Um, But, yeah, I just think the foundations of this game, they didn't improve on what was in there and made it better. Like, every good thing that was in this game is still alive and well. Except for the NES games. Other than that, right. I think those were only in, in the GameCube version. Though. I'm pretty sure they didn't even come into, uh, well, first of all, the Wii version, City Folk, was not a... That was not that a was probably my, That was probably <laughs> my least favorite Animal Crossing. Yeah. This is the one where you like, cross the railroad tracks and there's all kinds of crap above that. Like, Yeah, you had City Folk the, on the Wii and then there was a Wide World on the regular DS, which was okay. But then you got like New Leaf on the 3DS, which was... I played... Fantastic, and then like that. New Horizons. Well, I even, a lot of well, New those. Leaf was like very much everything you love about the original. Yeah, that's why I liked it because it was so close to that core. I shouldn't say the original. Yeah, it kind of went GameCube. back. It went back to basics, basically. Yep, and that's, that's what the they needed to, to do. And now this game is they. The, it's like the combination of both is what New Horizons is. Yep, yep, and then it just makes everything a little bigger. I don't want to say a little better because there's some things like I don't like the idea of like terraforming my entire island and having to get KK to come there. Like it, it, that's just not what I like about Animal right. Crossing. I have played probably like 250 hours of Animal Crossing. I still haven't had a KK concert because I just love doing all the other shit. Like I don't want to have to do all this other stuff to get him there. Not that like I'm not interested in doing that. I just want to put a question as much- is your is your camper that you hated still living in your campsite? He is. I yeah, refuse you, you, to let that bastard move into you, my you, town. Yeah, you literally can't even advance <laughs> anything in the game until you do that. I know, I don't want him in my town. I'll just have to let him in and send him hate letters or yeah. something. That's what you have but, to do. But uh, yeah, cuz I think you could talk to her and ask him to leave, right? Like talk to the um, Isabella you, or something. You can like torture them and you can put in complaints and stuff and if you get lucky they'll eventually leave <laughs> i got rid of class once and that fucker moved back <laughs> because i had an open spot and i didn't play for like a month and i logged back in and i'm like that shit is back <laughs> which it's kind of funny when we, we did the uh on the 13 palm trees facebook page when they did the q a bex was like oh well who's your uh that's what that your was most hated? yeah who's your most hated animal crossing village i was like klaus that bastard <laughs> Okay. Big blue Roman bear. <laughs> suck my. Is ass he off. one of the ones that's like <laughs> like really mean? <laughs> he's just he's just dumb. He's stupid. He he can literally he can suck the most like the the dirtiest part of my asshole. <laughs> I don't give a shit about class. Uh, but you know what? I was I was thinking more bronze personally for the original Animal Crossing. But I think I think you're right the way it's at the stage for future games, which is kind of funny because I think it's kind of the opposite of where Ryan Turner and I went about a month ago with with Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow. Um, but I like Animal Crossing one better than Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's like a low silver for me. Yeah, for for me, like personally, I would put it at like my personal gold. But I understand that like gold is like the best of the best, and there are better games than this. Yeah, like oh, I, absolutely, I'm They're, willing to say that. Um, that's why, like when I started, I was I said objectively, but like. I think that like this game deserves a lot more respect than people normally give the yes. the GameCube Animal Crossing. I feel like it's often forgotten. I, I agree. That's a, a I agree. Good way to put it. Because everybody, everybody, I feel like always harkens back to New Leaf. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, I agree. From that, New that's the... And of course, New Leaf was the, I would say, was probably the entry point for about 75% of Animal Crossing players. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Because that was still relatively early GameCube. And like it was one of those games like you had to have its own memory card for it. Right. Um, that's probably a little high, mind you, because a lot of new people came in on the Switch. But Fair, fair. That's that's fair because they, but at that point in time there was probably I would say a seventy five percent increase in the number of people who played it versus the other, um, especially with how well loved the DS was. The DS was just such a drastic, like there was probably a lot more people that had a DS than there was a GameCube, is what I'm trying to say. So um, breaking news: Ryan Turner bought God of War, like 2018 God of War. Okay, on PC. I was gonna say he doesn't have a PS five. What is that dude doing? But yeah, that's a that's a good game. We we talk about that later. But um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with silver. Like personally, yeah. I think that that's. I, good. I think I think it's a good place for it. it's a low silver for me. Just like I would say, Link's Awakening is probably like a mid to high bronze for me. But you know, that's a harken back to previous episodes. Let's talk about thirteen palm trees. You're the hey. CEO, so why don't you talk about thirteen palm trees? Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you were listening to a thirteen palm trees podcast production brought to you by yours truly and. Good old Roger here. Roger has been hanging around the 13 palm trees shade for quite a quite some time. I've been here since I would say close to the beginning. Yeah. Roger. I would say the very beginning of the company, but I was on the launch lineup of shows pretty yeah. much. Yeah, Gurus of Gaming was like one of our flagship shows. This one, we're happy to have it here too. And I love I love doing this. We are just a bunch of guys and gals that get together and just do things that we love. Talk about video games, play D D. Um do watch photography, watch horror movies. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of people putting together a project based on things that we love. So we definitely appreciate you guys being here. Fantasy football. Um, yeah, ch- check out the other shows. Uh, right now, Waste of Local Fantasy Football is in the final stages of the the show. Um, yeah, because there will be an episode that comes out the same day as this episode. So if yep. you haven't listened to that yet, go over there after this episode listen to it. And I think there'll be two more after this. Maybe three? I think one more. Okay. Because... Because this, yeah, one more. Because this is the week we'll be talking about the championship game. Oh, I thought we did two week playoff or two week rounds. No, I think the, I think it's only one week okay. this year. Am I saying correct? Um, but that being said, check that out. Um, there's also post game content, which is actively releasing new episodes too. D and D kinda is gearing up to continue recording here in the next couple months, pending the return of one of our characters to West Virginia, um, and then we will. Um, Check out video game Mythos. That's in the works as well. And then uh, Final Final Girl Podcast still hanging out. Um, once Ryan finishes up the stint of work he's doing, he'll be bringing out some new episodes. So check those out. And if you have made it this far in the episode and you are liking what you were hearing, please check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash 13 palm trees. This company in its entirety exists and functions based off of the donations of our fans. Whether you are a fan of Clex Bennett's photography, whether you're a fan of Daniel's YouTube channel over at the Party B, or you're a fan of the podcast that you're listening to, all of these things quite literally would not exist without the the support the fans provide, the listens that you provide us. And then if you could support us financially for as little as just a dollar, a dollar a month, that would be great. Uh, 13palmtrees.com. 
or is our website. And then you can jump to patreon.com slash 13 palm trees. We have a $5 tier where you get discounts and bonus content that we have right now, 10 episodes of bonus content on our Patreon. And then that's going to continue to grow. And then we also have our sticker of the month club at $10 a month, where every month I send you some stickers in the mail. Everyone that gets those has been delighted. And the November, the December sticker is a, holographic 13 palm trees no you uno reverse card so uh and then next month we have a special dark souls ryan turner mashup i need to get some stickers i don't don't have any stickers (laughs) i need to get some stickers they're they're fun i Uh, have like the uh super nintendo bro sticker and the the max and michael stickers i need a donna suck sticker i need (laughs) a party b sticker which by the way the party blotter is now party b if you have not heard yeah speaking of the party b um i can speak on behalf of all 13 palm trees and a Assuring you that he does not use the Patreon money as a beer fund. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't drink anymore. So he's definitely. If he's, I don't know what he's using it for, but it's not beer. So. Lots of tea. Lots and lots of iced tea. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, if you if you could do us a favor, log on to Patreon.com. See if any of those perks are for you. Donate if you can. If not, your listens are awesome. Just do us one favor. Go down. Give us a five star review and leave a comment on the show. We greatly helps with our visibility um we've gotten i think four now so that's yeah good. please leave some itunes reviews on it we haven't had a whole lot of them uh also uh discord link is in the description of the episode i yes. would love to have all you guys jump in and have some conversations what's your favorite gamecube what's game? your favorite gamecube game talk about it to, uh, talk about that to us in the discord is it big air freestyle is it crash bandicoot the wrath of cortex is it fairly odd parents break into rules oh, that's my favorite <laughs> that's my absolute favorite or mario golf toadstool tour toadstool stool <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> oh, licensed games. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you for listening to today's, this week's episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to hit you with yet another dose of Nintendo greatness. And until next time, happy gaming. Star Fox Adventures! Star Fox Adventures! <laughs>